0: What's up, everybody? Brad from DIY Music. You can email me at thenationalpool at gmail.com. Just want to say happy Labor Day to everybody, and uh, I hope you're going to have fun or be productive either way. Make the most of it. Um, I know for me, I'm probably leaning more towards the productive end of things. I'm working on a beat right now. It's uh, it's, it's actually morphed into like three or four different songs, but I'm learning a lot. It's awesome. It's it's one of those, you know, I'm because I spend so much time mixing, uh probably two or three times, four times as long as I do on actually making the beat. I'm trying to think as three different people essentially, as the artist, as the mix engineer, and and a lot of times those two come together quite nicely. Um where I'm making, you know, decisions based upon the synth type or you know the snare type and finding a new snare that that fits what I'm trying to do and that's the other thing too is just trying to do something before you just start scrolling through snares like just take a moment and pause and think like what <clears throat> excuse me what kind of snare am I trying to find um so right now I'm matching a loop and I was actually only going to use it in an intro in this like industrial hip hop thing And I was like angry as I was doing it. I was like, raw, you know, going for it. And then I was just going to throw this drum loop in there. And the drum loop just stopped me in my tracks. And YouTube just changed. So I had all these, you know, crazy samples um, that I was about to check out. And YouTube changed their format again, which means the downloaders have to catch up their formula. And they'll get around it eventually. Um, So I couldn't do that. So I've... The, the loop just stopped me in my tracks, but what I figured, you know, e- even though it's it's under my uh, Paid-for stuff, so it probably came from Native Instruments, and it's also a loop and like It's a little bit cheesy, so eventually I'll get to a point where I'm starting to drop it I also noticed that Abbey Road's vinyl um, if for nothing else throw it there on the loops and when you hit stop it like stops the beat a hell of a lot cooler than Verify on Pro Tools. Because Verify is like, it's way too predictable. What I found here just from hitting stop while I'm doing this, it's awesome. I, I made a note to actually go in and do a whole separate audio track. Because it's already a loop. It's not like the best quality. So it's not like I'm not going to screw it up or anything. And just do a whole new audio track of just like hitting stop in different places. And seeing how it feels. And, you know, I'm trying to get better at beat drops because i love them but i also don't want to have too many i want to have the ones that i do i want them to be more impactful so you then you start thinking about melody and chord structure and and like what part of the song is it in that's a whole nother level and so I'm um, trying to think if there's any other takeaways here. I've tried so many different things, and I think that um, you constantly have to make the decision as you're writing, especially you know if you're using synths and that sort of thing, if it's unique enough to you know, put your own feel to it, or do you have to quantize things? Um, whenever possible, add your own feel. And then with the loops, I'm adding a counter beat. And I think I might even try to go another step further um, so the counter beat is in case I ever have to hit mute on that drum loop for whatever reason in the future. If somebody wants to buy it and I don't want to talk to Native Instruments or whatever, I can just hit mute. And I at least have a counter beat that I can work with It's like a little bit more going in the Jamaican vibe. So maybe I might pursue that. It initially started with this kind of, well, there's no guitar on there. And I can go direct. I have a guitar here, but I was just in the vibe. I was doing bass before on it. It's the, um, not the Rickenbacker, it's like the Scarby, I think like that. But you have to, in order to make it sound like an electric guitar, you have to just take all the bass out. It's not that big of a deal, but I feel like I've been rambling. Anyway, uh, if you hung in there, I know you're a trooper. Um, I hope everybody's going to do something awesome over the break, and uh, I'll keep posting, and much love. Take care. What's up, everybody? Brad with DIY Music. And I jumped the gun a little bit with the Labor Day post uh I I thought yesterday was Thursday. Thought it was about to begin the weekend. Not yet. Um but I was just watching a s uh I'm still in the beginning, but a speech from Mark Rosewater from Magic the Gathering, and he's talking about twenty lessons that he's learned. I think a lot of this stuff is very easily translatable to music. Because they're doing something creative, and so are we. And the one thing that he discussed is not fighting human nature, where you know, even though they're talking about video games and we're doing music, um, he's saying that you can't fight human nature. if If someone is expecting a beat drop for some reason, and and you know that, like that a listener would expect something to to happen, you know, whether, you know, crash cymbal. They're expecting a drum or something. Give it to them. Don't don't fight it. If if you if you know that it's there, and you know that it's something that people are going to expect, give it to them. Unless you're gonna, you know, get artsy and stuff like that. And that and there's absolutely a time for that. One of the other things that I thought was very interesting that that he just said, that actually made me hit pause and and jump one here to tell you guys, is that he was saying that humans come preloaded with information and expectations. So, uh, zombies is a great example, you know, everybody knows, you know, like they, they have an idea in their head, what a zombie looks like, what it does, the sounds it might make, how it eats, you know, and ev- everything, like we know everything about zombies. So if you can throw, you know, and I've never had to talk about video games and stuff, it's th- it's easy to throw a zombie in there and da da. da. but, um, people have expectations with that that you can capitalize on where they already have an emotional response built into them be it fear or love you know some people love zombies some people might be terrified of even like a cartoon zombie but uh but knowing what that expectation is and then capitalizing on that and i i think that uh i i actually yeah most uh, rock and hip hop um definitely come to mind where there's there's very clear expectations about what's going to occur in the song. And I think that there's moments where you can capitalize on that as you're crafting a song. Um, so that's that. The rest is going to be me running my mouth until the time runs out. So I, I was mixing last night, um I I'm sorry, I keep calling it mix so so no, I was actually in the beginning stages of writing a new song. And I was just um being very careful, knowing that it's going to take me a long time to mix it, so when I write, I wanna make sure that it's an awesome song. And for this one actually I kept adding different things here and there, and then as it turns out, I just realized, you know, like I'll I'll keep writing things in case, you know, I, I need, like, a little lead part or a little something else. But, like, in general, I kept just trying to remind myself to keep it simple. It's just a loop. And what I focused mostly on was establishing, like, a really solid groove to the point where it doesn't really get boring. You know, it's it just grooves. Like, it is a little bit less rap and more in like an instrumental kind of like just a relaxing you know grooving beat so it might be a little bit tough to you know to have a rapper on there but that's what I wrote and so that's the direction the song was going in so I didn't try to fight it and make it become something else although if, if you know what you're doing yeah I think that that's a possibility but you're fighting it if you're going to do something else if you're going to make it just just start from scratch and make it what you want it to be so so with this i wasn't fighting it i realized the direction that the potential of the song had about it just really just being like a cool little groove that just that just grooves and so once i realized that i i capitalized on that of like i'm not gonna fight this and and try to you know yeah i i think once it gets towards the editing phase and the end of mixing i'll try to be more creative and and add in some beat drops and stuff but for the main song structure i'm just trying to make it groove and not fight it so there's my five minutes um for everybody on the podcast it's an anchor and it lives you to five minutes what's up what's up brad with diy music and today i got some business talk for you guys so this will be uh helpful for anybody in any genre of music and uh and even art, you know, and and anything necessarily. Um but for the music part, um I want to talk about PROs or performing rights organizations. Um there's there's so much to cover with this stuff, so I'm only really going to talk about the basics here. But um what you've got here is two possibly three organizations in america and there's also a different one at at least one in every single country and they all talk to each other essentially so in america we have ascap and bmi and csac now I need to do my research on CSAC a little bit more. They might have gone out of business, gotten bought. They might still be around even stronger. I'm not sure. I am with ASCAP. Um, the good news is it doesn't really matter. They're, like, w- which one you go with, you're going to want to register as a songwriter and as a publisher. And it'll cost you a little bit of money just to register. The, f- the fee changes, you know, as like everything else, it always only goes up. Um, I think when I registered in like 2002 or three or something, it might've been free or $15, but now it's like up to like 60, but you got to do it. So talk to them first, you know, and also it depends on what your goal is in music. I have heard that people that do a lot of, uh, you know, sync licensing for television and film that BMI might be a little bit better. But really, you're more or less going to get the same payout. And so when your song is played on TV or radio in another country, you uh, you don't need to register with any of the other country's organizations. They'll collect the money, and then they'll pass it on to your performing rights organization in your country, and then they pay you, if all goes well. Um, two things that have happened to me was... Uh, the I, I had a song placed on a TV show on CNN, so I once I found that out, I was like, all right, you know, here here come the the big checks, and um, no money. And as I contacted ASCAP, they uh, they said, oh, we just didn't look at CNN that quarter. I was like, well, I I did, I know it was played, but uh, they you know they're reporting and accounting procedures, and it's not just ASCAP, it's BMI as well. Um, they use proprietary reporting procedures, so you don't even know how they um, how they find stuff out, and it's not always exact either. But uh, that's why college radio stations and and other radio stations have to, uh, are probably more so in college radio, I believe. Uh, they send lists, and I know that television stations do. They're called cue sheets for TV. Where they write down the song that was used, how long it was used for, where it was used, which episode, da da. da the, the list goes on. So that is that. And there's so much to cover with that. We'll circle back to it at some point. Let me know if you have any questions about it at thenationalpool at gmail.com and I'd be happy to answer. Or if you're on the anchor app, you can call in to the show. And I have some trouble seeing the call-ins, but um email me if you don't hear back because I cause I will respond to everybody. Um, at least until this blows up and I don't have time to, but the other thing, uh, today's Friday and my cousin does photography and she's active on Instagram. And I didn't know about this, but follow Friday is a popular hashtag. And I need to remember it. I've missed it the past couple of weeks, but basically just shout somebody out that, uh, you know, and this is a uh, kind of like a side way of networking. Um, you know, if, if you've been kind of like, click and like on a lot of someone's pictures and and you've kind of already got their attention, um, maybe that's not the right person. This is maybe more for someone that's like, um, you know, that you're not pushing too hard on to network. Do you just want to like say like, yo, what's up? You know, I like your stuff kind of thing. But like probably like screenshot their page and at them and say follow Friday and, there you go. And you know, everybody appreciates the exposure and, and the shout out. So, uh, get on that for promoting. What's up everybody. Um, as I was listening back to that last post, I wanted to discuss follow Friday a little bit more in depth. So I think that there's two options here. And I know that I mentioned two things last time and I only said one. And, and right now I don't even remember what the other one was about performing rights organizations. Um, Oh, actually, yeah, it was the uh, possibility of uh, corruption in certain countries with ASCAP. So, you know, corruption is worldwide. I mean, I lived in Japan for like two and a half years. And from what I understand, their government is fairly corrupt as far as like bribery and things of that nature. So that's kind of what I'm discussing here. It's like if your music's getting played in a weird country that might, you know, their, their laws and corruption might be like not really up to par, Um, you might not get your money or you might get paid less. But okay, so there's that point that I missed. So Follow Friday, two possible things you could do. One, if your page is just um, kind of as it is uh, on Instagram at the moment, um, I would say do someone on Follow Friday that like, that you want to work with, that you don't necessarily have to impress too much, that you're more or less at their same level and, and you think that you know there's a possibility that giving them the shout out might lead to uh, a collaboration or something. The other option is if you're trying to impress someone or a group of people um, that are at a higher level than you are, in terms of, you know, just where your current position is in the music business. If you're just starting out or, you know, yeah, so yeah. So let's say you're just starting out, but there's this, you know, always be reaching for something larger than where you're at right now. But if you're trying to impress someone, make sure that the post before them, maybe do this on a Thursday, is something that will impress them. Because otherwise, if you're not a hundred percent confident in your, you know, music stuff, I post music on Instagram, th- and now I'm doing it. The edits on uh, Final Cut Pro, so you get the really good audio on there. You just got to make sure that it's mixed well. So there is a production team that I'm digging, but I don't. I, I'm working on something right now that might resonate with them, but I don't think I have it right now. So I'm I'm gonna s I'm gonna save that. Because that's something that I really want to go well. So maybe next week after I finish up this beat, if I can hang on to it until Thursday, you know, like post it Thursday, Friday do the follow Friday. So when they see that I've mentioned them, they're gonna check out my page and like, what the hell is this dude about? Why is he talking about me? It's like, oh, he makes music too. Let's take a listen to the little very most recent thing that he posted. What does that sound like? Is it good? Does it impress me? Um so that's the other thing. And and that's uh that's about it.